It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Well, good morning. If you weren't already awake, Great to have you here. This is the third and final week of our annual financial management series, which this year we've called Recession Proof Your Life. Normally we teach this, uh, like we teach a, a financial management series every year. Normally we land that around May-ish. This year we brought it forward, uh, launched the end of February and continuing through to now, because as you've probably noticed here in Australia and also many countries around the world, we seem to be riding a financial roller coaster. You know, interest rates have gone up again. Uh, so mortgage holders feeling that. Rent's gone up, utilities going up, grocery prices are going up. All the while, wages for many people are not keeping pace. And that kind of dynamics inspired memes like this one here. Uh, Do you keep your money in your bag or at home uh, in my memories? And that's unfortunately probably the story for some people. But look, here's the thing. Whilst in real life, when it comes to riding a roller coaster, there's kind of nothing you can do except sort of hang on and hope you survive. Uh, When it comes to a financial roller coaster, there are actually things we can be doing. Because the reality is that while maybe some people have been caught maybe a little bit by surprise by the current financial uh, situation that we find ourselves in, God wasn't surprised. And in fact, God has been speaking for thousands of years about how we can wisely manage the finances that He entrusts to us. And people have been field testing God's wisdom and His principles for thousands of years. And if doing that, they've discovered that, hey, it works. And in fact, the the theme Uh, verse is something that God spoke through a spokesperson named Jeremiah. And we've been hitting this every single week. This is what the Lord says. And this is what we've been doing during this series. Stop at the crossroads and look around. So right there, God is highlighting that there are multiple options. There are multiple avenues. There are multiple approaches. And what God recommends, what wisdom suggests is ask for the old godly way and walk in it. And and then God drops a promise. If you travel its path, you will find rest for your souls. And so week one, we hit what what we would consider and our best understanding of God's principles is to be the starting point is to put God first to recognise that everything's His and that we're to honour Him with everything, uh, including our finances, and then actually uh, like learn that God says, if you honour me, I will honour you in return. And so we open up our worlds, including our financial world, to God by putting Him first. Last week, we spoke a very countercultural topic, pay off Debt, because here's the reality. Whilst debt, I'm talking about consumer debt, credit cards, personal loans, buy now, pay later debt. Whilst it's common 
in our culture. It's not God's best and, and people are living, being dictated to by their debt. And it's not what financial freedom looks like and it's not God's best. So if you missed either of those, you can go back to our podcast, catch up on those because this whole series makes sense if you kind of slice and dice it in the order that we've been teaching. Today, I want to talk about building up savings. Now, we've highlighted that typically people are in one of three categories on the financial journey. Let's bring that up. Some people you'll find are in the behind category. And if that's you, you'll recognise some of these uh, things going on in your world and it's stressful. Um, that's not God's best and that's not a life sentence if you look for the old godly ways and walk in them. You can actually move forward from behind to caught up. And then other people, some of you, you are in the caught up category. That's you, that describes you. You are making some inroads in paying off debt. You've got a, 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 an emergency fund saved up and things are stable for you. Again, we've been highlighting that that is also not the end of the journey, that there's better, that there's something more and there's something you can be excited about and that is ahead. Now, let me put my Captain Obvious hat on and say this. If you're in the behind category or if you're in the caught up category and you've still got some debt, although you're paying it down, savings is not your now step, okay? But please don't tune out because what I would encourage you to open yourselves up to is having it as a vision for your future. Sooner the better. Like an aspirational goal, something that God would wanna continue to lead you on. And in fact, the, the very, the very uh, habits and practices that we learn and apply to go from behind to caught up and caught up to ahead, those actual same practices and habits are the very things that we can continue once we're out of debt to actually start to build up savings. And this is what a, the journey could look like. Uh, if you've got your smartphone uh, camera, you could scan this and this is what the journey could look like. This is uh, Dave Ramsey, he's a Jesus follower, he's a kingdom guy. He's a Southern American, and so he kind of says it like it is, which I love. Um, and uh, he's outlined an approach which he calls seven baby steps. So this is gonna take you to, to one of his websites, ramseysolutions.com. We're not paid by them to put this up there. This is not the only approach in, in the world. This is just one that we, uh, is kingdom oriented and, and we have seen people one after another, families, households start to learn and apply these seven baby steps. Let me show you the first three. Two of them we visited last week because they speak to debt. So if you're behind or you're caught up, you're still working through some of your debt. These are the first, the first two of the seven baby steps. This is where you need to focus your energies and discipline. Um, now though, we're gonna start to creep into step three. And again, these are step three of seven. I'm not gonna get to the other four in this series. Um, and then beyond step three is the opportunity. Once you have a three to six months of expenses in a fully funded emergency fund, you can continue to be more generous and to build up 
more savings. Here's the thing about savings. In fact, here's the thing about getting out of debt and then about moving into savings is it requires margin. It requires not spending everything you earn. And the statistics play out that there are a lot of people living with no margin. Partly because we live in a culture that promises us that happiness is just another purchase away. And so we buy the thing and we feel a bit of happiness until the credit card statement comes in or until we realise it's payday tomorrow, but I have no money today. And people are living with no margin. Now, last two weeks, I quoted intentionally some very shocking statistics when it comes to the level of consumer debt in Australia. Let me show you a couple of shocking statistics when it comes to savings in Australia. 44%, nearly half of Australians have less than one month expenses saved. In other words, if those households lose their job, health crisis, something where their income would shrivel up, they've got about a one month runway before things are gonna get very ugly. And then a quarter of Australians, that runway's a bit longer, but it's only six months. And so this idea of uh, moving our journey to where we're creating margin to get out of debt and then continue to create margin to build up some savings, this matters because this is real world for many people. Now, let me just say one thing before we move on. I know that right now in Australia and, and the stories are coming out in the media, there are some people who actually have been managing their finances diligently themselves for their household. They haven't been reckless and frivolous and the cost of living is squeezing them right now. And, and I don't have any glib, simple answers. In fact, those are the people that I feel for the most because they haven't actually put themselves in a financial crunch. Um, except to say this, if that is you, uh, more than ever, acknowledge that God is your provider. More than ever, lean into Him. That you're like, I don't, I, I, I'm doing everything I can. You know, we've, we've trimmed all of the expenses we know to trim. And, and yet this is a real challenge, then more than ever, lean into God to be your provider and expect miracles, okay? I mean, there's practical things as well. Maybe you need to get some budgeting help. I mean, you know, it, but it's the foundation is God's my provider and more than ever, I'm gonna lean in to Him. Now, for the rest of you <laughs> whose noses are still above water, remember when your nostril deep in it, one, one ripple is potentially life-threatening. Uh, so those of you who got your noses above water, listen up. Because <laughs> God's got something for you and it's exciting and it's better. One of the people God's spoken through and used to put these old godly ways out is a guy named Solomon. Now Solomon was the second king of Israel, kind of a wise dude. And he wrote down all these wisdom sayings, all this like, whoa, man, that's so wise, that's so wise, that's so wise. And it's collected now into a book called the Book of Proverbs. You find it in the Bible. Um, and really what 
some of what Solomon had to write about wisdom acknowledges that even though modern circumstances have changed from the, 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 you know, what Solomon was do, dealing with thousands of years ago, Amazon Prime wasn't a thing, Netflix wasn't a thing back then. Uh, here's what hasn't changed. The human heart hasn't changed and God hasn't changed. God's principles haven't changed. So these old godly ways are not only just as relevant today, they're also just as powerful today as they were, as they were when God inspired Solomon to write this. Here's one. The wise person saves for the future. The foolish person spends whatever he gets. This is not like, uh, wow, I never thought about that. I mean, this is like, yes, it's plainly obvious, but here's, here's really the, the big takeaway is, are you the wise person or are you the foolish person? Which one are you? Which one do you want to be? And, and, and where's it going to take you? And we have to make those sorts of decisions. So as best as we can understand, and I had a friend of mine who's way smarter than I am, slice and dice this years ago, when we asked the question, what, like, could you summarize what's the basic biblical pattern of financial management? And he, uh, you know, sliced and diced into this that it comes down to give, save, live in that order that God instructs us to give, then to save, and then to live off the rest. And look, a reasonably well trodden percentage. Is, is, they're not rules, um, but a reasonably well-trodden percentage is 10, 10, 80, which looks like this. If you get $100 of income, that you would take the first $10 and you would give that to God through the local church, you would take the second $10 and pay yourself and then learn to live off the $80. Now, this second one here, take $10, second one, second step, and pay yourself. Some people hear that and they think, well, no, no, the $100 was me getting paid. Ah, uh, no, absolutely not. That's not how this works. Because here's how it works. $100 comes in, $40 goes to the mortgage. $20 goes to utilities, $15 goes to groceries, $10 goes to petrol. I filled my Vesper up, Vesper up this morning, people, from empty, like the gauge is on, to full, $10.40. It's an outrage. And I've, I've got to make that last me three weeks. Subscriptions, $5, and then yeah, maybe some wants $10. Or you, you now you've spent 100 by the way, some people spend more than the $10 on once and that's what we call debt. Here's the thing, you're not on that list. Your mortgage provider's on the list, your uh, mobile phone provider's on the list, your grocery uh, store's on the list, your gas station's on the list. You're not on the list. So unless you pay yourself first, what you will find is that at the end of that pay period, until the next payday, you've earned zero. You've just been like a money laundering facility from your employer to all of these other people. That's literally the dynamic. So unless you pay yourself, you don't actually get paid. You don't actually earn anything for yourself. 
And here's the neat thing. If you want a little bit of like Coach Marco, let's give me a bit of a rev. We're in the locker room here. You know what the neat thing is? If you haven't been in the habit of paying yourself, if you start, you've effectively given yourself a raise. From zero, that's how much you used to earn. Now you earn 10 bucks. And you can say, thanks boss, appreciate it. Yeah, great, you're welcome. 10, 1080, give, save, live. And here's another pro tip. Automate it. Remove emotions. Because <laughs> when it comes to finances, it's not just the money roller coaster, it's the emotional roller coaster in many instances. And my pro tip is make the decision once to give, save, live. Make it once and then set it up and then just let it roll. So we, we do that. We every pay, first 10%, automated. Gone, done, great. God bless you, good on you, use it, God, awesome. Next, save, automated, and then we live off the rest. And, and one of the ways that makes it simpler is have two bank accounts. Have a spending account. Your bank's gonna call it a savings account, but it isn't. It's a spending account. And then have a savings account. And, and, and have your pay come into your spending account. That's pretty normal. Have the give section uh, amount come out automatically. Have the save, pay yourself second, go into your savings account and leave it. And it's not saving for the Bahamas cruise ship. No, this is a savings for the future. The Bahamas cruise ship trip, also known as the COVID cruise, that comes out of the 80%. So again, for this to work, firstly to get out of debt and then to start building up savings requires creating margin, not spending everything you earn. And really there's two ways to create margin. One is to play better offense and the other is to play better defense. And I'm gonna talk about both of them, but let me also just say this for the record. I'm gonna say this to you because I love you. Listen to me. It's gonna take discipline. It's gonna require self-control. And it's going to test your patience because it's not bought the ticket yesterday, won the lottery tomorrow. It's about a journey walking on the old godly ways. So let's start with playing better offense. Again, Solomon, wise dude wrote this, take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. <laughs> That's something Dave Ramsey would say as well. Learn from their ways and become wise. Oh, okay, sure, great. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labour hard all summer gathering food for the winter. Have you ever seen the ant standing still? Like ever? Like just kicking back with the drinks with the umbrella? No, they are always, if they're out in the wild, they're working. They're busy, they're getting it done. I know this for a fact. When, when ants know there's a source of food somewhere within walking distance, marching distance, I think is the official term when it comes to ants, they get into it, they're into it. I know this to be true. Many years ago, I was in a share house setting with some other humans, or at least I thought they were, hold that thought. And I walked in the, the front door one day, mid morning, 
and I walked into the dining uh, room and one of my share house mates was on their hands and knees with a, a dustpan and broom sweeping stuff up. And I'm, an, I'm just at the other end of the dining room. I haven't even stepped in there yet. And I noticed that the carpet, which actually was similar to this sort of puke green that we have here, um, was black. And I'm like, when did the carpet turn black? Like, I'm talking like black. And, uh, and as I looked closely, I discovered that the floor was covered with ants. And I don't just mean like a few trails of ants. I don't even mean like one level. There was a multi-storey assemblance of ants. Like it was actually a thickness, like it was a depth of ants. I don't know if that's the official term you use. There was a depth of ants. And old mates down the other end have obviously concluded that there's not a vacuum cleaner in the world large enough to be able to scoop up all of these ants is, is with a dustpan and broom sweeping up these inches of ants. So I do what you'd expect me to do. I say to them, what the hell's going on? And they look up at me sheepishly and said, oh yeah, this morning when I was making breakfast, I dropped a couple of eggs on the floor and then I went out and, and I came back and I discovered that there was just ants everywhere. So I did the next thing that you'd expect me to do. I said, why the hell did you leave the eggs on the floor? And then I did the next thing that you expect me to do. I kicked them out of the house. Share house arrangement terminated. Take your ants and your flipping cracked eggs with you. It was so gross, like gross. Coming to Netflix soon. Ant story. I mean, just gross. But here's the thing. The ants, they got a whiff of some cracked eggs on a floor in a house that they probably lived next door to subterraneously. And they were in there. They're like, this is our chance. We can earn something. They were in there to gather. Doing a great job. I'm like, I'm dialing triple zero. They knew how to play good offense. Like here's something on the, t- on the table or floor and we're gonna, we're gonna gather it in. Um, so here's a few just like super low hanging fruit things that you might be able to put into play in some cases today or tomorrow to play better offense. One is to sell some stuff. Not your spouse, not your kids, stuff. Not your clothes, although maybe some clothes. Um, but sell some stuff. Now, just by the way, this, this, like this one, sell some stuff, this is not an ongoing pattern. But this might just give you a little cash injection that you can put into your savings account that might actually just grab you some fresh motivation. Like, oh, 500 bucks wasn't there yesterday. All right, I could, let's just jumpstart the process. So you might want to. Call me, I can Marie Kondo this for you as well. You might want to go into your kitchen, your closet, your shed, and look for stuff that you have not used. Now, I'm not gonna put on a number for you, but let me throw out a couple of, I don't know, ideas. Haven't used for six months. Okay, well, it was, it was my winter jacket. All right, 12 months. Well, you know, but what if next winter it's colder? Okay, okay, 24 months. 
Here's what you're gonna find. You're gonna find you're like, oh, I forgot I owned this. Uh, so you put it on uh, Gumtree or what's Facebook Marketplace or eBay uh, and then let someone else have it. And you don't even have to know if they're gonna use it. That's not your problem. You get their money and put it into your savings account. Here's another intrinsic benefit of doing this, by the way. It, actu it actually starts to exercise your what was I thinking muscle. When you pull out that kitchen gadget and you're like, that you haven't used for 24 months, you don't, probably some cases you don't even know how to use. You're like, uh, what was I thinking? And actually that starts to recalibrate some of your future purchase decisions. Like, is this gonna be another case of that gadget? I talked about this second job could be something that you might wanna do for a season, not if it's gonna sacrifice your family or your marriage or your health, I get that. But for some people, there's some, there's some time margin that will create some financial margin. Sometimes it could be a side hustle. Uh, and if you do, if you start to play better offense, here's the adult warning. Don't raise your level of spending. It will effectively defeat the purpose of raising any income. And yet this is what people do. And by the way, I've done it. New job, paid more. Well, got more money to spend, haven't I? So I spend it. I, start, I increase my spending and actually even though I'm now earning more than I was at the last job. I mean, think about the first job you had. I mean, the first job I had, full-time job, $20,000 per annum, gross. That was, that was what I was earning. And I got my first paycheck and I thought to myself, I am never, ever, I'm fresh out of university, I, I am never, ever gonna need more money than this. Like, wow, I have hit the jackpot here. And yet what happens is if we go from the 20,000 job to the 30,000 job to the 50, whatever it looks like, too many people are guilty of what's called lifestyle creep, is that as our income increases, we also take the opportunity to raise our expenditure. And then we live with this idea that the thing that's gonna help us progress <laughs> and creates a margin is just a little more. How much, how much more do you need to earn to create some margin? Ah, just a little more. Which could be the ticket to ride, but also requires playing better defence. So, and Louie and I are doing this right now through this series, looking under every rock. Like, we're pretty frugal, uh, but you know, always room for improvement. And I know some of you have done it because you've been telling me this. Is there a little way of saving money, a little bit? Let me give you a few. Uh, look, I'm, we do these, but I'm not, telling you, you should do these. And I sure as heck, I'm not gonna guarantee they're gonna work for you. If they don't work, stiff. But we've been doing these and they worked for us and they're super practical, just low hanging fruit. And I'm just gonna few, throw a few out there. These might not even apply to you or you might be already doing some of them. You might have a longer list than this or these might spark a few like, oh, yeah, I, I, I. here's one. Def and these are in no particular order. Defer buying wants. Do you need that new phone this year? The one that's currently working just fine. Uh, do you need the new car this year? The one, because the one you drive is the one. No one can answer this for you. I'm not saying don't, see, listen to me. I didn't say don't buy once, but think about maybe defer 
buying once and take what you might've allocated there and put it in your savings. Just we're getting some momentum going in this world of savings. Here's another one. Unsubscribe from email marketing lists. They are electronic junk mail, if you didn't already know that. But the difference between electronic junk mail and paper junk mail is paper junk mail requires you to take physical steps to enact the purchase. So you get the physical junk mail and you open up the Shields catalogue, woo, woo, and you open up the this catalogue and the that catalogue and the other catalogue, and you might think, oh, I'd like to have that. Sure, but you're gonna need to then physically get up from that place and physically go somewhere and physically buy it. And you might, having thought that all through, just say, no, nah, I, really, I couldn't bother. Great. Email marketing lists, you don't have to move. You open up your electronic device, the email list come in. You know the items in the email list, they, they're actually clickable hyperlinks and they take you to the thing and you enter in your credit card and then you get the thing. Well, you don't get it straight away. In fact, sometimes you buy it and then two weeks later, a package arrives in your doorstep and you think, what is this? You've no, you no recollection of how this got there. So unsubscribe from email lists. Because here's the, here's the thing. When, when you get email marketing lists sent to you, the people sending it want you to say, shut up and take my money, right? Because what you're seeing is like, wow. Uh, by unsubscribing from email lists, you're saying to the marketers, shut up and I'm gonna keep my money. And if I need something from you, I'm gonna come looking for you. I don't need you to come looking for me. All right, there's that. Uh, maybe some lifestyle changes, you know. Rediscover the art of the picnic in the backyard because you were saving on fuel. <laughs> and again, could just be for a seat, could just be for a season. Uh, here's one, buy in bulk. If you come into my shed, you will see a shelving unit that is just floor to ceiling, cover to cover of bulk cleaning products. And when you're like, if you're like bulk, let me define bulk. Liquid cleaners like spray cleaners or dishwashing liquid or hand soap, we buy 20 litre boxes of that. Like a 20 litre box, it's got a tap. So we take our little, well, when I say we, take our little con container from in the laundry or the bathroom, whichever one needs refilling. You know, like source bulk foods, just here you see around, that's my shed. I am source bulk foods. Uh, our uh, 20 kilos of dishwashing, powder, 20 kilos of laundry powder. It also is better for the environment, it's from a packaging point of view. But if you've got that little bit, I mean, yes, okay, it, it, you have to pay 120 bucks to get one shipped to you, that's fine, but it'll last you a year, first of all. Um, and it's per kilo per litre, super, 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 super cheap. Here's another one. Maybe think about switching grocery stores. Oh yeah, but I've always shopped at, Schmoles and Dulworths. Yeah, okay, but sure. But that was at a time when we all, that, that were the only two players in town. 
and, and, and in many cases, I, I, you have to figure this out for yourself, but in many cases, they are not the, the most affordable options for a lot of just normal stuff. And now we've got these other new kids on the block that are in many cases less expensive. And, and look, if you want to do Schmoles and Dilworths, go for it, that's fine. But understand you're probably paying a loyalty tax by continuing to shop there. Up to you. If I see you walking in or out of one of those places, I'm not going to judge you. Speaking of loyalty tax, uh, have, when's the last time you reviewed your insurances? Shopped around. Health insurance, car insurance, home and contents insurance. There are companies out there that want your money and they're willing to take a little bit less of it to get your business from someone else. So again, you might be paying a loyalty tax because you're with the health fund you've always been with. Or, and I know there's, there's qualification periods. I, I, look, I get all that. I'm not sitting up here being a finance broker. I'm just saying though, right now, and there's even some actual companies, their job is to find your better deal. And they take a commission from the supplier, not from you. So just think about that. Um, and then finally, speaking of subscriptions and lifestyle creep, uh, review your current subscriptions. And I'm talking about TV streaming services, music streaming services, other app stuff um, that you're not using or you're not using to get the, the value for the, the money. Uh, one of our team did this last week. They just, you know, this was them looking under every rock. They went through apps and services and they trimmed $50 a month of, of their own stuff that they voluntarily signed up for in a former life. Uh, they're 600 bucks a year. I mean, you go, oh, it's only 600 bucks a year. Listen, if you feel that way, come here later. I'll be there. Give me the $600. I guarantee you it'll mean a lot to me. If it means nothing to you, God bless you in advance. So these are just ideas because again, we, 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 I said this before, a goldfish doesn't feel wet. And the longer we're in a culture, and the longer we do certain habits and practices, the, the more normalised they become, but it doesn't mean they're optimal. So, so sometimes it's this idea of stand at the crossroads and look around. Is there a better, wiser, more effective way? And we've been talking about the old godly ways that are a yawn fest. Your grandparents used to do them. Boring. Yeah, but your grandparents didn't have debt collectors calling them either. So let me pray. And then we hand to Louis. And then we're donezo. Next week, launch a brand new series. Excited about that. Lead up to Easter. Louis will tell you that. Let me pray. In, in, in I recognise that, that in, in our auditorium, our podcast, our online community, people are going to be in one of those three categories. And... We're excited and hopefully you're excited that there's a journey in front of you that, that, that points to financial freedom. Okay, this goal isn't to be richy rich counting your bags of money in the basement vault. It's about being free and then to have the choice of being people that you decide where you're gonna send it and where you're gonna spend it. So God, I thank you that you have so much wisdom out there in your word for us, old godly ways when it comes to financial management and that we would be people that don't live under the weight or the bondage of debt and an inability just to kind of make it from paycheck to paycheck. But rather, God, you move us forward, you lead us forward, you empower us to move forward. 
and uh, that, that we would be people that, that aren't bragging about how big our TV is, but we brag about how great our God is. And we, and we look like people who have actually put into practice the old godly ways and found the promise of having rest for our souls when it comes to our finances. In Jesus' name, amen. We really hope you've got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.